when dealing with a mild traumatic brain injury or a concussion, it's very likely that the MRI is gonna be negative, but it's still there. So yeah, it is important to have that additional step that you can go past that. The Concussion Center proudly presents Talking Heads, a podcast based on all things related to head injuries. This is not just a show about concussion. In this series, we take an in-depth look at the brain and its function specifically after there is trauma. Hosted by Brent Jones, Antonio Walden, and Dr. Robert Allen, Talking Heads was created to give a realistic perspective to head injuries. So sit back, relax, and let us fill your head with brain knowledge. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Talking Heads. You have me, the man, the myth, the legend, Antonio, the marketing executive for the center here. Um, I guess Brent and Rob are out trying to one-up each other on their hairstyles. I think I heard Brent say he was getting frosted tips or something. So we'll see what they look like at the next episode. Um, But we are so fortunate to have with us today one of the premier attorneys here in Atlanta, Helen from Jackson, Mississippi, um, by way of law school in Indiana, the man, the, I heard they call him Big Boat, (laughs) (laughs) attorney Noah J. Moore Esquire. Welcome to Talking Heads, my friend. Thank you, Antonio. Antonio, one of my good friends, it's a pleasure uh, being on this podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you here, sir. Um, So we're just going to start off like this. We ask all of our attorneys here. Um, Because it's interesting to hear the origin stories, man, just like all the superheroes. Always. (laughs) Always. What got you into law, man? I'll be honest, man. Um, With me, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, originally born and raised South Side. Um, My mom and dad always instilled in me uh, education with my brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my brothers, they're in medicine, whether it's pharmacy or cardiology or entrepreneurship. They always geared us toward that goal Um, from Day one, when I knew that education was in me, I knew I wanted to be an attorney. Okay. Um, so my mom put me in law camps at Tulu College. Um, it was the Magnolia Bar Association law camp. Mm-hmm. The Magnolia Bar Association is the largest black bar in the state of Mississippi. Okay. Um, a lot of great attorneys that were there and judges that are part of that bar. Uh, but I went to that particular camp, I would say about three years consecutively. Okay. Lived on Tulu College's campus. They showed us a lot of things. You know, they brought us to the courtroom, set us uh-huh. there. Judges came up, being honest, black men in robes. Mm-hmm. That wasn't pretty common. I, mean, I come from Mississippi where, you know, um, it's Confederacy, 50th and everything. Mm-hmm. Whether it's diabetes, whether it's high cholesterol, high blood pressure, heart disease, mm-hmm. low education, uh, the poverty line, uh, Mississippi ranks at the 50th. 50th. Um, so having that grounding from my parents uh, about education, mm-hmm really instilled me to say, this is what I want to do. Okay. Uh, that's how I got my start in law. I knew I always wanted to be in the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And undoubtedly with anything that's that's worth um, pursuing, it, it gets hard sometimes. So what's what's kept you in law? <laughs> honestly, uh, and, and honestly, I, I say this on a lot of my Instagram pro, a lot of my Instagram posts, uh, I feel that I'm doing the Lord's work. Okay. Um, I come from, so my dad is a United Methodist minister. Uh-huh. He actually just turned 70 in February. Oh, okay. Um, but he's in his 50th year of ministry. Oh, wow. So he started preaching when he was 18. My mom is a psychologist. She got a doctor from Georgia State. She went to school with Martin Luther King's daughter. Uh, she grew up in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they relocated uh, when they were young, when my grandfather died in, uh, off Columbia Drive in mm-hmm. County. 
Uh, she is a psychologist, has had her own private practice since I was born, so for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've always instilled with us to put your, put your feet on the ground, boots on the ground. So uh, I took that and always have tried to be a servant to my clients. It gets hard, mm -hmm. but if you keep that in your forefront, I believe uh, you'll be good. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are encompassed by greed, by money, by flashy things, but I'm encompassed by doing the right thing for the people that I represent for my common man or woman. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, man, of course, the inception of the Concussion Center here wasn't just something that we said, hey, let's do this. There was a calling and a need for it, like you said, things that, that happened that said, hey, this is needed. Um, and we've seen head injuries, traumatic brain injuries, TBIs, that kind of thing, be talked about more and more. Mm -hmm. um, we know originally it was talked about just primarily in the sports world. Yes. But now it's making its way over into personal injury and mm -hmm. other other instances. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think kind of has driven that that change or that movement? Um, I think it takes people like the concussion center to put them on the forefront. Mm -hmm. So you all have the wherewithal to be able to scan a client and make sure that they do not have that. Mm -hmm. That's good. If they don't have a TBI, that's okay. But diagnostically, we need to make sure mm -hmm. that that's not a thing that they're going to deal with in the future. So um, it depends on how that particular attorney or where, whatever the referral source may be, mm -hmm. just to make sure that they know what's going on with the client. Because I've had instances where clients have had headaches even after I've settled their case. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I first started practicing and I started to notice these things, you know, light clicked on my head. So this is this is the brain. Mm -hmm. So if I know for a fact that you know, they're dizzy, just all of a sudden, or whether they may have constant headaches or constant migraines that they haven't had before, that may be as a result of the collision. Right. So uh, just by me realizing those things, honestly being attentive as an mm -hmm. attorney and uh, realizing that. Um, so I believe neurologists, specifically the concussion center, uh, really put them on the forefront for us attorneys to really be available for that and be able to uh, understand that those clients are dealing with those ailments. Yeah, I, I like how you um, talked about the diagnostic uh, responsibility yes. that you have. Because, yes. um, I mean, pretty much the standard was yes. we're going to get an MRI, period. Yes. Um, it was, it was. And <laughs> get an MRI. Was for the time you go to. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's like you said, that's fine because if an MRI comes back negative, we still checked it out. Correct. But when dealing with a mild traumatic brain injury or a concussion, mm -hmm. it's very likely that the MRI is going to be negative, but it's still there. So, yeah, it is important to have that additional step that you mm -hmm. can go past that. Correct. Um, because you're still responsible, like you said, to the client for that. Correct. So, that's pretty cool. Um, and of course, like with anything that's new, um, pushback from those who don't understand it, or um, like the old um, quote says, what you don't understand, you fear. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's more um, lack of education or more fear that you're seeing when you introduce my client having a head injury when you're in demand stage or trial stage? Or So I would say lack of education. Okay. Um, and the thing about it is, I believe we've come to a point now where there's more knowledge based upon TBIs, mm -hmm. um, that you can fully vet to see what's going on with a particular client in a pattern. Um, as mentioned to you, my brothers are deep within mm -hmm. medical journals. <laughs> okay. So once you have, a, you go through those qualitative or quantitative tests, mm -hmm. and you're able to go through that study and determine that something may be an issue, uh -huh. you can trace 
that particular science to what's happening. Right. So now we have a precedent scientifically, mm -hmm. not legally, but scientifically. Right. I then rely on the experts to give that scientific basis or that, that Daubert, or fulfill that Daubert test to make sure that they understand that within their expertise, I'm not a doctor. Uh -huh. I can only interpret the bills and records on how I see them, mm -hmm. but I would rather want an expert to do that. So we really do rely on the, uh, on the medical providers to provide that. Um, but I think it's more so education. Mm -hmm. It's more so education. The literature is education. Uh, Follow-up question, Sam, because sure. you were talking and it was it's something that struck me when you said that um, you don't have a legal, you have the medical precedent. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the two? So how you balance the two is, is honestly, being able to decipher what is credible and what is not. Mm -hmm. So within the subset of law, I mean, my favorite class in law school was evidence. Okay. And I believe that evidence can be the end-all, be-all of a case. So if evidence is an end-all, be-all, then if I have an expert that's going to testify based upon the evidence that's being introduced, mm -hmm. we qualify him, make sure that he's all, that we can tender him as a witness, as an expert, mm -hmm. expert witness. Um, then the judge would then, I'm sorry, the jury or the trial fact, whether it's the judge or jury, would mm -hmm. then see this is credible, this is not credible. Let the trial fact decide what's credible and what's not. Let the defense may have a rebuttal mm -hmm. expert right. to contest what's being said. But, um, the science does a lot, especially when it's uh, when it's mass science. Yeah. There's a lot of science involved. <laughs> so, um, you know, back to back to your question, um, it's kind of difficult to determine, you know, what is and what's not. But honestly, if we find out, and that's the beauty of discovery. Mm -hmm. I think we really don't get to this issue unless we get into discovery. But from a, from an attorney standpoint, it's up to the attorney to review the notes, mm -hmm. the reports. Mm -hmm. And also get trained within that within that uh, particular area from the expert, which is the neurologist or whoever may be attending that particular patient, to see if this is plausible or not. Um, but you have to be able to decipher, and attorneys have to be able to stay in their place and know that I am not a medical doctor. <laughs> but it says what it says. Exactly. I can bring this. I can bring this particular witness or this particular person to the forefront. You ask questions. I ask questions. Mm -hmm. No matter what it may be, is it, is it your expertise? Is it your uh, findings? We can question them. How did you get to that finding? Mm -hmm. The truth will come out no matter what. So, yeah. And you keep saying stuff that's taking me off of my, my line of questioning here, but I'm sorry. Uh, I'm you're, sorry. you're fine because it, it's, it's really good information. Um, and you, you kept coming back to education, kept coming back to the, using the doctors in the proper place and then using the law in its proper place. Um, and you kept saying that you were you would use the doctors to educate you in the areas that you're not too knowledgeable in. And that's one thing that I really do respect about you is that you, not just for yourself, but you mandate your team, your case managers, your yes. paralegals to always learn. Always. Um, when we have these certifications here for uh, brain injury, it's always at least one. <laughs> it's gonna be, <laughs> I was told I had to come. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after it's over, that changed from, I'm glad I was told that I had to go. Correct. Because they're the ones that talk to the person first, mm -hmm. most of the times. Mm -hmm. So they have to be able to identify yes. some factors to bring to you. Hey, I think we might need to look into this side of this. Correct. So that's that's actually pretty cool too, to see that shift coming along. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think it's gonna take to sustain this movement to sh continue to shed light and make TBIs and other brain injuries and give them the attention that they need in the personal injury world. 
what I believe is going to maintain um, the TBI diagnosis or uh, the treatment, whatever may come from that diagnosis, is making sure that the providers are doing what they need to do, mm -hmm. having the correct intake, mm -hmm. having the correct uh, initial processes and forms, and diagnostic testing to make sure that they're properly diagnosing this patient. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a conversation with um, one of my colleagues. I said, my job is to make sure that the client is okay. Right. Above my interest. Mm -hmm. I believe that that's the same thing for a doctor. Yeah. Same thing for a medical practice. No harm. Yeah. Correct. So the way that we keep this in line is to make sure that we do what we need to do in order to move the, move the, move the customer forward. Um, and with that, make sure that your processes are in line, mm -hmm. making sure that um, your staff is cognizant of what's about to come mm -hmm. or what may come. Yeah. And also making sure that you're, that you're informative yeah. on, on what's going on. Uh, that's the only way that we do it. And the clients appreciate that. Clients yeah. appreciate being real. Yeah, exactly. No matter if it's a TBI, no matter if it's a conversation that I have to have about the, the evaluation of the case. Mm -hmm. My job is to advise. I believe sometimes, and we have this issue some, somewhat uh, similarly to uh, medical doctors, subjective versus the objective, mm -hmm. and trying to decipher the two. Right. But uh, my job is to advise, mm -hmm. and I believe in medicine, you all's job is not only to advise, but also diagnose and treat. Right. So it right. goes a, a cusp further. So if we keep that forefront and mm -hmm. keep that in the main purview, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I, I'm interested as well to see what's going to continue to co come from um, the CTE discussion mm -hmm. and the sports side as well. So that's how we got here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the more we learn about it on that side, mm -hmm. the more it's going to translate into this because, I mean, they're really closely related. Mm -hmm. If you look at CTE, which primarily comes from football, mm -hmm. they've already correlated it to coming from the impacts and the violent impacts of Correct. Well, what's most of the time equated to a motor vehicle accident? A violent impact. A violent impact. The only difference is, in the motor vehicle accident, I don't have a helmet and pads on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, I mean, it's, it's not really hard to see the correlation, and I get it. Defenses are, they're going to do what they're put in place mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the more we learn about it on the sports side and the more we, we correlate that to the motor vehicle and personal injury mm -hmm. side, I think the, the better off it's going to be and the bigger of a platform it's going to have on the side too. I agree. And it's also an onus on the attorneys as well. Um, I know a lot of attorneys uh -huh. uh, that don't take what they call, we spoke to it, like low property damage cases. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I can figure out what, where I'm going to get on that first initial call once I get that offer. So one of my main things is they say that we're not going to, we're going to offer you this particular amount and maybe very low below the bills. Mm -hmm. But my main premise is property damage is not correlative, correlative to injury. Correct. It's not. I believe the literature says, um, and I'm pretty sure this is from um, Spine Injury Center, Dr. Kevin Ferry, uh, that a uh, whiplash can, can occur at five miles per hour. Right, for sure. Mm -hmm. That particular vehicle will take the brunt of the force, the velocity, mm -hmm. and that's physics. That's not my purview. Right. But you still have a person on the inside of that object, mm -hmm. on the inside of that vehicle. So with you having that person on the inside, you don't know what they went through before. You don't know what they're going through at that particular time. You can find out. If you go through a process, if you litigate, you can find that out. But, mm -hmm. but I always start off with, if I get an offer like that, 
property damage is not correlative to injury. They're looking for a big impact. Mm -hmm. Oh, for the big impacts, true enough. That may be there. But also, I think people get out of big impacts and be okay. Yes. And have no and have no illness. <laughs> exactly. So I believe also, um, even on the out on the outskirts of the vehicle, you know, though these particular cosmetic defects on the back of bumpers, mm -hmm. pull up that bumper. Right. Look at that frame. Look at the frame. You can talk a lot of medical based upon the frame. Yes. Oh, I, I was before this. I did well, not did. I it wasn't like prison or nothing. <laughs> but I worked. <laughs> I worked for about ten years in the collision repair industry. Wow. So yeah, I, absolutely. Exactly. A lot of people don't understand that plastic bumper mm -hmm. is over a styrofoam, mm -hmm. and that styrofoam sits directly onto the front of the car. So what happens when that vehicle is hit? Mm -hmm. The bumper's gonna cave. Mm -hmm. The styrofoam is going to crank. Now, mm -hmm. would the styrofoam absorb some of that energy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if enough of that energy gets to the frame, it ripples all the way through that car. Mm -hmm. It does. And if that frame is rippled all the way to the front, mm -hmm. I mean, that is a very good chance that that car is going to be totally about. And that's a significant damage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I've learned, and I'm still a student, I'm still a student, and I learned from a lot of great attorneys in the game. Uh, that are in Atlanta and abroad, mm -hmm. uh, some great attorneys that I always look to or always try to find certain uh, tidbits. But us plaintiffs, us plaintiffs attorney have to take this step further. Mm -hmm. True enough, we know for a fact that you know property damage. You get the vehicle, they assess the vehicle, they send it to their collision company, they pay them. Mm -hmm. You can really find out some things if you take it to a private a private collision company yes. and do the right thing. Yes. So, um, even if you don't do that, there are mm -hmm. other ways to be creative to mm -hmm. determine the burden of force. Right. These new cars are being built with computers. You can see exactly. the pool, the, how fast they were going, the burn of impact, mm -hmm. what that download may be. Black boxes everywhere now. Correct. Not just Black boxes everywhere. Correct. Especially in the newer vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, attorneys have to get a bit you know, more strategic when it comes to that. But, uh, you know, sometimes I get a bit, bit of flack about this, you know, a small case or a big case. Right, it, mean, it, mean, it means nothing. It means nothing because, nonetheless, as mentioned before earlier, I represent the client. My objective is to make sure the client's interests are taken care of. Yeah. I was told about one young lady had $1,500 in property damage, mm -hmm. had one of the worst traumatic brain injuries that the doctor had seen. Mm -hmm. And hers manifested in on the PTSD side. Mm -hmm. She was anxious about driving, mm -hmm. which is something that a lot of times goes unnoticed mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't even think about on oh, my head when they get into an accident because we've been so conditioned to think surgeries mm -hmm. and chiropractic work is what needs to be done after an accident. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think that's what gets the big bucks, mm -hmm. but they rarely think that, okay, am I mentally okay? Correct. But, and even if they realize that, okay, driving scares me now, mm -hmm. I mean, the Day and time we're living, I still got to get to work. I got bills to pay. Mm -hmm. My attorneys are telling me I got to get to treatment if this case is going to sell. Mm -hmm. My kids got to go X, Y, Z. So even though I'm afraid to drive, I got to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad reality that a lot of people who have been personal injury accidents are going through, um, which is another part of, like you said earlier, the education we're trying to bring is that we have to bring light to that mental part of it. Too. Correct. Correct. Okay. It's, it's more than just I'm dizzy or I can't remember something. Sometimes you have a mental PTSD is a mental disease. Mm -hmm. Now, that even goes to, you know, that's still a damage. There's, there's yes. damages. So, you know, 
it may be or it may not, but I believe that when we're talking about those particular mm -hmm. things that you can't see to the eye, mm -hmm. that's general damages mm -hmm. under Georgia law. Right. So damages that you can't put a finite dollar amount on, even though you may have been treated for that. You may have had to go to a counselor for PTSD. Mm -hmm. You may have had to go to a therapist for your anxiety because you're scared to get in the car. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one of my mentors telling me that she was in the car, that their client was in the car with her husband. It was a very bad collision. That particular husband has to put a bag over his head because oh, wow. he doesn't want to see the road. He's that traumatized. Oh, wow. And that, that's, that is a true story. That is a true story. But nonetheless, that's up to the providers to make sure that the intake is okay. Ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Because that's something that, you know, I may miss. Correct. Or something that they may step over. Or something that may evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Because mild TBIs or even traumatic brain injuries, mm -hmm. you know, those, those are progressing issues. Correct. There are progressing issues based upon the literature that I've read. Mm -hmm. But um, it's important that we make sure that we get those general damages so that we can make sure that they're taken care of, but for those particular people that caused this negligence. Exactly. So, but for this particular person going through what they went through, they wouldn't have been here if they did, if they weren't negligent. Right. They didn't cause the collision. Mm -hmm. They didn't deal with this before. Exactly. If they did, let's pull it up and try to see if they have. Mm -hmm. Did another collision cause this? Was it exacerbated? Or mm -hmm. Do we have an extra plaintiff? Yeah. So, um, you have to keep that finite eye on that just to make sure that you know you're taking care of that client. And, and it always goes back to the premise. Put your client's interests above yours because you have to listen to them, number one. But number two, also have to read the literature and make sure that you reference the, uh, the documents that are there, the evidence that's there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, I think we've encompassed everything around head injuries and clients and personal injury, but I can't let you get out of here without talking about your sites. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down talking about that. I'm getting comfortable now. <laughs> so, um, what is your prognosis for the upcoming year? All right. So, my prognosis. So, I based my prognosis. My word of the day. Listen, off my calendar. My prognosis. prognosis listen, I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an evidentiary guy. <laughs> I've referenced evidence a long time. So, we're going to take it back on the offseason. We just signed James Winston to a deal. Famous James. We also. And don't he's sleep, healthy. Don't and sleep on James. And he's healthy. Yes. We also just signed Tyrone Matthew mm -hmm. for three years, thirty-three million, mm -hmm. I believe. So an already good defensive core. Already mm -hmm. good defensive mm -hmm. core. Shout out to my one of my good friends, Bradley Roby, who is also cornerback for the Saints. Mm -hmm. He's also best friend, best friends with one of my business partners, AJ McDonald. Um, I think we're good, man. We got Alvin Kamara. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got Mike Thomas Mike coming back. back. We got Mike Calloway. You know, we have weapons. And the thing about the Saints, I believe the only demise of this particular offseason was losing Sean Payton. That's our core. That's our job. That's our dog. But but is he but, totally gone or did he move into the gone. front office? Oh, wow. Okay. He's okay. away. But, you know, we, we've already had our reign. You know, we, we good. You know, okay. we'll, you know and, and guess what? It don't matter who's in the division. <laughs> you can either see the Saints rising out on top or it's number two. You know, the Falcons ain't going to beat us up. Well, who is that that doesn't hurt me that Falcons saying. That's good. I'm a realist. And I just had this conversation with a friend today. Mm -hmm. I think number one, the Saints defensive line dominated Tampa Bay's offensive line last year. For sure. Caught with Even though I think we lost I think we lost a Tyrone Armstead too. I'm not sure. We lost a great uh, offensive line. So. Yeah. I still think that like you said, the Saints are being slept on. There's gonna wake some people up. I was being slept on. And everybody's so excited about Tom Brady coming back. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to win the division. 
Because Miami got a whole lot better. But listen, you can take it back two years ago when he first came to the Bucks. When Tom Brady first came to the Bucks, we won the division consecutively, consecutive years. Mm-hmm. We did. We have a dynamite defense, Cam Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, my guy, my guy, big linebacker, Demario Davis. Mm-hmm. Some real dogs on defense. So you can win the division, however much you want to, but when you win the playoffs, mm-hmm. the playoffs, playoffs. It's a different game. It's a different game. It's a different game. So hopefully we can, you know, we're going to dominate the regular season. I remember last year we had our first game against the Packers. Blew them out. (laughs) I don't know if people remember that. When Aaron Rodgers came and they blew them out. They didn't even score. They didn't score one touchdown. But look where Aaron Rodgers got to thereafter. Still won MVP. Still Mm -hmm. got to his championship game for the conference. Mm -hmm. Where were we? We lost Jameis. So let's see how it goes, but regular season will be all right. Playoffs, let's get it right on that. All right. Well, look, man, we appreciate you coming to spend a little bit of time with us. Um, you guys have heard the thoughts of Noah J. Moore Esquire. Um, only time will tell if he has a TBI or if he's a prophet. Only time will tell. But I think we spent enough time in your heads for this week. Um, tune in for the next episode of Talking Heads coming at you soon. Um, have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Talking Heads. This podcast has been brought to you by the Concussion Center. We appreciate the opportunity to fill your brain with some new information regarding head injuries. If you have any additional topics you would like us to cover, please reach out to us on our various social media platforms at the Concussion Center or hit us up on our website at concussionctr.com.